I believe that this is the most important message I have preached in years. I really do. This today. Today I want to preach a message to you called A House Divided. A House Divided. And we're going to jump right in today, alright? We're going to jump right in. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Paul is writing a letter to the church at Corinth. It's the first of two letters that he would write. And he starts off the first few verses like we would start off a letter. Kind of like, hey, my name's Paul. I'm an apostle. How you guys doing? Hope everybody's doing good. Man, I'm praying for you guys. Love you guys. And then in verse 10, he jumps right into it. I mean, he goes right to the deep end of the pool. And here's what he says in verse 10. He says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you perfectly join together in the same mind and in the same judgment. In the New Living Translations, it says this, Let there be no divisions in the church. No division. Let everything be done in unity. Let the church come together. In Ephesians chapter 4, he would later write, he would say, hey, make every effort to keep together in unity, to live together in unity. Paul is pleading with the church. He's like, make every effort. He knows because there are going to be forces that work against us living in unity. And what I see happening specifically in America today is it used to be outside the church. It was always outside the church that when we would come to church, we'd come together and we'd come together as one family. But what I'm seeing today in America is that there is division. Of course it's out there, but now I'm starting to see it come into the church. And we are at an extremely important time in the church's history, especially in America. It wasn't long ago I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he pastors a church, a pretty good-sized church, and, and he said it was immediately after the election that he was up at the altar after service, just praying for people. One young lady came up to him and she said, Pastor, I have to leave this church. And he said to her, you, why? You've been coming to this church your whole life. Why, why did he leave? She said, because I didn't know I went to church with a bunch of racists who voted for Trump and I can't stay here anymore. I can't stay in this church anymore. And, and I see at work a plan that is straight from the enemy to divide the church. This past week, a, a pastor that I've met who pastors a, a very multicultural church, large church, his wife went on to social media and she just gave a, 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 just maybe two paragraphs about how she felt about the anthem and, 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 and we should be patriotic, we should stand for the anthem. It wasn't anything extreme. It was, it was just pretty, you know, I thought it was pretty vanilla. The backlash that she received over just those couple paragraphs was unbelievable. And I found out from a friend of mine 
that this woman received a letter in the mail from someone, and this is what the letter said. The letter said, I'm going to kill your grandchildren in front of you, and I'm going to cause them to die slowly because of what you posted. This is what is going on. And it used to be outside the church. Now it's inside the church. And it is a plan from the enemy to divide the church. Because when we come together from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, when we come together and not everybody looks the same, we don't all think the same. Hey, guess what? We don't all necessarily vote the same. When we come together and lift up one name, the name that is above every name, that is when the church becomes the church. Amen? We've got to stop. Stop letting the enemy trying to drive. See, we got to stop him letting drive a wedge in between us. We've got to be aware of what's happening in our world. When my wife and I were, were pastoring in North Florida, we, we pastored a church. Now, let me just tell you how it was. Because we moved from South Florida. I grew up here all my life. I went to a multicultural church. I went to public school. And then we moved to small town America. And man, it was different. It was just different. And we pastored a church up in North Florida in a, in a small town. And let me just tell you, this is how it was. White people went to one church. Black people went to another church. Spanish people went to another church. And they didn't mix. But when we pastored a church, we had black families coming. And somebody said to me, I had a pastor friend of mine come preach for me. And he said to me after service, hey, how'd you get black people to come to your church? And I remember when he said it, I went, I don't know. I don't have a clue. In fact, I never thought about it till you said something. I guess we just shook their hand when they walked in and treated them like everybody else. I guess we just loved on them and just said, hey, come on in, you know what I mean? And I mean, that was it. I didn't know there was any magic formula. I just, you know, just thought we'd just be us. Come on now. I mean, that was just the way it was. And and that's what God had intended. Because let me just tell you, it would be real easy to pastor a church full of Republicans. It'd be real easy to pastor a church full of Democrats. Huh? It'd be really easy to pastor a church where everybody was white, like me. Now, the music would be terrible, but I'm just telling you. We'd have no rhythm, nobody, it, just, it would be bad, but it would be easy. Or an all-Spanish church, or an all-black church. Hey, listen, it would be easier if we all thought the same way, believed the same way, voted the same way. But that's not what God called me to do. He called me to pastor a church where different ethnicities could gather. And listen, it doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how much money you got. We all lift up the same Jesus. Come on now. And we lift up his name. And it's his name alone. Hallelujah. See, division's a plan of the enemy. And do you know why? Watch this. Do you know why news organizations are running to the left and to the right? Do you know why nobody's in the center anymore? Do you know why talking heads and, 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 and all these different news media outlets are running to the right and running to the left? Because there's no money in unity. There's only money in division. That's why they're doing what they do. 
Listen, Jesse Jackson and Rush Limbaugh did not make millions upon millions of dollars by bringing the country together. I mean, come on. They specialize in division. They've gotten rich off dividing us. And if we buy into the lie that just because you look different, act different, voted different, you are different, so that means I can't worship you anymore, then we have lost the purpose of what the church should be about. We've got to be aware of what's happening. We've got to understand, hey, listen, when we come together, we come together as one body. Hallelujah. So what do we do? We listen, we need to keep our eyes open. Let me just give you a couple of things that we need to understand as we realize where we are at as a nation. Number one, we have to understand that we all have the same enemy. Did you hear me now? Ephesians chapter 6 Verse number 12 says this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood or we're not fighting flesh and blood enemies. I said, we're not fighting flesh and blood enemies. I said, we're not fighting flesh and blood enemies. Come on now, if your enemy is registered to vote, you got the wrong enemy. Do you hear me now? If your enemy put up a Trump sign, you got the wrong enemy. If your enemy had a bumper sticker that said, I'm with her, you got the wrong enemy. Your husband is not the enemy. Your wife is not the enemy. The Miami Hurricanes, well, maybe they are the enemy. I don't know about that one. (laughs) Maybe they are the enemy. But let me just tell you, we're wrestling an enemy that is not flesh and blood. He is the devil and he's trying to divide us. He's trying to get us to go into our camps, raise up our flags and say, if you're not like me, we can't worship together anymore. Listen, we can't buy into his lie. And instead of putting some zinger out on social media, instead we ought to hit our knees, understand we're in a spiritual battle. And the only way we're going to win this thing is by praying through, worshiping through and breaking through. Somebody say hallelujah. That's it. It is a spiritual battle and we all have the same enemy. And listen, number two is we have the same compass, the same moral compass. What I mean by that is this. It is the word of God. It is this book right here. This tells us how we should behave. This tells us what to believe. This is the source of all truth. Listen, I understand. When we see sin, we ought to call out sin. Huh? If we see something that's contrary to the word of God, there's nothing wrong with speaking out against it. Because if it's in here and it's truth, then we ought to say it. But we ought to say it with love. We ought to use the word of God instead of some opinion. The Bible says God confirms his word, not our opinion. Amen. We have the same moral compass. And listen, this book works regardless of what color you are, regardless of what your background is, regardless of how much money you have in your bank account. If you apply the promises of God to your life, this is like seed. And when it is planted in good ground, you will receive a harvest. Hallelujah. This is our moral compass. Number three is this, we are all citizens of the same kingdom. I said we're citizens of the same kingdom. We're one body. 
Listen to what the Word of God says in Galatians chapter 3. It says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you were many of you as baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither, now listen to this, neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one. Listen, when Jesus died, the walls were torn down. Racial divides were broken. Different ethnicities and the things that would try to divide us. Listen, it was all broken at the cross. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are one body. We are one family. We are united in him. First Corinthians chapter, I mean, first Peter chapter two, verse nine says, but you are a chosen generation. Listen to this, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I said a holy nation. You are a holy nation. That means if somebody wants to know what's your nationality, I'll tell you what my nationality is. It's a holy nationality. I'm part of a holy nation. And guess what? If you belong to Christ, so are you. Listen, I, I'm very patriotic. I, I understand that there are people that fought for our nation. There are people who have died for that nation. And we ought to honor this nation. Amen. We ought to, we ought to stand for this nation and, and be patriotic. And listen, and my ethnicity is what it is. I've tried to change it several times in my life to try to add some rhythm. Huh? I just haven't been able to add no rhythm. You know, I tell people I'm half Puerto Rican because I married one, but the truth is I'm all white. I'm just all white. And I'm not ashamed of it. It is what it is. It's my ethnicity. And so I'm patriotic and I have my ethnicity. But above all that, I am a Christian. I belong to the kingdom of God. I claim him. Amen. That's my nationality. I'm in God's kingdom. And we're all citizens of the same kingdom. Hey, listen, we're all on the same team. I said we're all on the same team. And the fourth thing you need to know is this. We have the same purpose. Later in that verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says this, that you proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen, we all have a purpose here, man. We're all on the same team. We're trying to do the same thing. Let me give you this example. Of course, my wife being Puerto Rican and her family's from Puerto Rico and we have several people in the church that have families in Puerto Rico. If you've been following the news and you should be, you know what's happening in that island. And I know that there are other islands that are devastated, but because of our family and because of so many people in this church, I've just been so focused on what's happening in Puerto Rico. And I can just tell you, it is devastating. What is going on in that island is catastrophic. It it is heartbreaking. But I know this. Now is not the time to try to find blame, point fingers, and say it's their fault over there, or it's their fault over there, or or it's this person's fault, or, or and trying to play these political games where it's like a tennis match and they're just trying to zing back and forth. Listen, if somebody is hurting. If somebody needs food, we need to get them food. If somebody needs water, we need to get them water. Listen, there's enough blame to go around. Let's just focus on the things that are important. 
If somebody is drowning, we don't need to ask them who they voted for before we save them. Get in the water. Go get them. Rescue them. Save them. Regardless of what they think or, or who they voted for, their, their, their ethnicity. If somebody's drowning, help them. Amen? Help them. Do something. Listen, enough with the tweets and the fake shirts and all that's going on. We need to rescue people when people need rescuing. And let me just tell you right now, the church is on a mission. And we've got people all around us in this country that are dying. And they may not look like it. On the outside, they may, they may look like they have everything together, but their marriages are broken and their kids are, are off doing crazy things and they are hurting. And we need to say, hey, listen, now's not the time to point fingers and try to play blame and, and, and see whose fault is what. Now is the time for the church to be the church, for us to rise up and say, listen, if you're hurting, let me help you. If you're hungry, let me feed you. If you're thirsty, let me give you something to drink. We are all on a mission. Amen. So let's get busy doing what we should be doing. Amen. Let's get busy because here's the thing. If the devil can get us distracted and get us divided, the church will never accomplish what the church is set out to do. And if we don't focus on the mission to love people and to lift up the name of Jesus, we will never reach this world. Do what God's called us to do.